0: You're listening to LeBeau's Lessons, a leadership podcast for new and aspiring leaders. LeBeau's Lessons is a virtual platform which seeks to provide leadership training and education for new and aspiring leaders. We do this by providing a consistent, free leadership podcast, weekly mentoring meetings with our staff, and online courses. Every Tuesday, we meet at 12 noon CST to promote self-awareness by providing stories and leadership coaching on this show to raise the emotional intelligence of our listeners. You can support us by following, liking, subscribing, and sharing. And now, on to the show. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to LaBo's Life Lessons. And we have an exciting show today, and we are going to be finishing up on my series called The Lawlessness of Mankind. And in this series, what I was trying to do was kind of give you um, just some of the notes that I have written over time and the things that I've learned Uh, based on reading lots and lots of history books and just being a history buff my whole life. And when I say that, I was not a big history uh, class enthusiast, (laughs) not in school, because history in school was boring. And I think we all could agree, no matter what school we went to, it was a little bit boring. But history is actually very interesting because of the stories. And that's what's the most important thing. And so in this series, what I've been talking about specifically is what is the nature of mankind and what are the things that we can learn based on the historians and the wars and the just the different empires and collectively, what does it say about us as a human race, right? And what can we learn from it? And What is going to continue to happen? Where are we now? And what does it mean for the future? And what can we do? And I wanted to tie all of this in to relate to what the female, the woman's role in history is based on all of the things that we've learned because my audience is primarily female and Many times uh, the people who are attracted to my brand or my genre are interested in their purpose and they're looking for meaning in life. And they're looking at how they can be most most impactful in the world based on their gift. And today as I'm wrapping up the series, I'm actually going to go into that. But before I go into that, I want to address something else. So on my TikTok, I posted about a scenario and I wanted to present this scenario in every episode since I see that people are really interested in this I'm going to present a scenario um, something that has to do with psychology or human behavior and, and we're going to address it on lebeau's life lessons but I wanted to ask this question so this was the scenario okay you have a, a woman who was in an abusive or bad relationship her fiance um, they had an argument and uh, it probably got violent she decided that she needed to escape she needed to get out of town the only person that could get her out of the town was the boat captain who would get her across the river however this boat captain had a very bad reputation he was an evil person known throughout the community and she disliked him When she went to him about the situation, thinking that he would give her empathy, he said, of course I'll take you over, but you have to sleep with me first. So reluctantly she sleeps with him and then he takes her over the river. Well, she didn't realize her boyfriend had been following them. He gets over to her, she's crying and upset. And the boyfriend says, what happened? And she says, the boat captain made me sleep with him. get across he goes over and because he's a violent man he beats up the boat captain so bad he kills him and the girlfriend stands there and laughs the question is who is more morally unethical people said the girlfriend because it if it weren't for her then um the boat captain wouldn't have died. She, known, she knew that her boyfriend was crazy, and that's why she sent him over there. And some people say the boyfriend because he's an abusive person. This None of this would have happened if it weren't for him being abusive. And then some say the boat captain because he deserved what he got. He is basically a rapist, and he's an evil man anyway they want to know what it means. And I've been leaving everybody on the hook for about a week, not really thinking anybody would be interested in knowing the answer. Well, the answer is there's really no answer. So it's a trick question. The question is supposed to reveal to you where you lie morally. It's basically a psychological question to show you how you perceive the world. And what we find is basically based on people's personal experiences, that will determine who they feel is the worst person in the scenario. For instance, if you're a person who um, came from an abusive relationship, you will immediately identify with the female and you would say the boyfriend or the boat captain was the most evil However, if you have been accused of, of rape or, or being a bad guy um, and you feel like it, it was wrong, then you would say that the boyfriend is the worst person or the girlfriend. Um, if you have been lied to by a female or somebody you've been in a relationship with, you would say uh, maybe the boyfriend is the best person and the girlfriend is the worst person. So it all just reveals who you are and what you believe is right or wrong so congratulations that is the answer and uh i will present more now um i'm going to have a lot of those little psychological or um moral dilemma issues for you guys to decipher and i'll leave you hanging on the hook to see the answer in the next um Show And Let me see Did I have it here No I don't The next show I'm going to talk about Being a principled woman is called The principled woman And I'm going to have A series Talking specifically To 18 to 22 Year old women 18 to 25 To discuss What it means To have principles To live by When I was A young woman Growing up um, I always looked up to women who were strong, and women who seemed to have the answers, and women who seemed not to be ruled by emotion, women who weren't taken advantage of, women who had, you know, a good sense of confidence about themselves. And I know that a lot of young women look up to that. And so I wanted to talk about what does it mean to be that type of woman. Well, that type of woman is a woman who lives by principles. She doesn't live by her emotions. She makes logical decisions, strategic decisions for the long term. She makes wise decisions despite what her feelings say. And we're gonna talk about different principles you can adapt or tweak or apply in your life that um, will help you to make sure that you are growing into that woman more and more as the years pass rather than being the type of woman that is led astray often and looks back on life with lots of regret and looks back on life with with you know feeling like she doesn't have much to show for everything she's gone through and so we'll discuss that on next time But today we're gonna finish our series. So again, if you're watching today, this is LeBeau's Life Lessons and we're going to be finishing the series on the lawlessness of mankind and woman's role in civilization. Now, if you wanna hear part one and part two, it's on Anchor, Spotify, and um, um, Apple Podcasts. And you go there and you type in LaBeau's Life Lessons, and also there it's on YouTube as well, just in case you want to see me. But if you don't need to hear me, you can go ahead and listen in your car because my analytics say that's what most people do. But on our previous sessions, on the first episode, we talked about God and is there a God? And we talked about if there is a God, based on what we see, we can observe from mankind, this is what he must be like. Then we talked about, okay, if there's a God, then what is sin? Okay, and and how does that relate to the human experience? And after we went into that, we delved into what exactly is morality anyway? And can we create our own morality without the use of religion or God? And then we talked about religion itself and the impact that it's had over history and what we can learn as to what value or the ways that it hurts um, civilizations over time. And today we're going to talk about where we are, right? And, And I don't have a lot of notes on that, where we are, and then we're gonna go into what history has taught us overall by about mankind and the and life on earth and how all of that can tell us what is the value of women and what is the greatest contribution women can make in this world you know considering all the limitations and different issues that women face in every civilization over time what can any of us do to actually make a difference? Is it worth it? And I'm gonna have the answer by the end of this show. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna get started soon. I wanted to have my TikTok audience on board first, but uh, let's see. I might have them chime in later. Okay, all right. Well, when it comes to today's generation, this is one thing that is obvious, and it's obvious in every generation actually. Every generation believes that the previous generation is ignorant and that they are more evolved than the previous generation. Agreed? We do the opposite, okay, of what was previously done for the sake of being different. Every generation rebels. So when some of you, like uh, I was listening to someone say last week, how the things they're seeing in this generation is really bothering them. And I keep seeing that everywhere. Every generation rebels, your generation rebelled. And there were people, the elders in your time, was saying the same exact thing about you. Okay, but we do that to be different, and we want to do, we want to be different in the name of progress, right? Okay, not saying that it's good or bad. This is just what can be observed. It's natural for the young to rebel. Okay, they rebel against the old. And this shouldn't be a surprise to the older generation. It's just something that happens. So when you see the younger generations rebelling against the, the the you know moral standards and things like that, expect that to happen, but then also know that over time that generation calms down and then they kind of revert back to the things they were taught earlier on, okay? One thing that can also be observed is that today old men act as if they're young. Now that is something that I have not seen over all the books about history in different civilizations. I have not seen this but especially in this generation is that older people want to appear young more than ever before, especially not just the women, it's the men now. And I'm not just talking about physically, but like uh, socially, they want to appear younger, okay? I don't exactly know why, but this is just something that can be observed. And on the flip side of that, you see younger men trying to appear wiser than the older men. So now the younger men are trying to appear as if they have this sage wisdom that the older people are supposed to show. Now, I don't know if it's because, because the older people are regressing and they're trying to appear more young and more hip, that the younger people are starting to uh, like, basically take up that space that they're leaving behind because the older generation is supposed to be paving the way and, and giving wisdom, right? Now, it seems that the older generation is moving away from that and they want to appear younger and cooler now. Now the younger people, for instance, such as myself, are stepping up and trying to bring the wisdom into the civilization and in this in influence, uh, the generation where the older people should be doing that, okay? So you have all of the grandmas don't wanna be called grandmas, they don't wanna look like grandmas. And now a lot of young women are looking around, well, who's gonna be my mentor? Who's mentoring me if you're competing with me? And my thing is, just as a side note, I'm not going to compete with a young woman. I don't want to be a young woman, okay? I always want to look good, but I don't want to compete with young women. I want to uplift young women. And I think that's where our generation is kind of messing up. The generation that is a a little bit older than us, they're supposed to be helping. But see, I have a saying, and that is you cannot give what you do not have. And it's possible that that generation just before us, a little bit older than my generation, they don't have the wisdom to give. So they can't give what's not in them. I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, but um, it's a possibility. A lot of uh, people are interested in world peace, especially right now, because of everything that's going on this is not the first generation to be interested in world peace this is a a running theme in the world to achieve world peace okay but based on what i have seen and if you are a history buff the best teacher is the past okay and you already know as much as the world has had this consensus, or or some people, most people have had this consensus that we need to be at peace, it will never happen, okay? There will never be world peace. Because even, let's say, for instance, let's hypothetical. Hypothetically, if in this time, all of the nations created a truce and said we will be at peace with one another, how long do you think that will last? it won't last long because someone in the next generation is going to oppose that. Do you get what I mean? They're going to break the truth because their agenda will be different. What I've learned from from reading history books is even when when a king or somebody who has some type of empire, some type of leader, even mentors the next generation, that next generation will do their own thing ultimately. Okay? So world peace is unachievable, or let's say that it does not last. Okay? Now, in today's culture, and if you're joining right now, we're talking about the lawlessness of mankind, And right now I'm talking about this generation and what we can learn from this generation. And what you can see in this generation is that we have put ignorance on a throne. Ignorance is on a throne in this generation. Now I have my theories, okay, I have my theories and this is what history has has taught us. When a society has, or culture has, run out of ideas. They pr- they promote promiscuity or sexuality or nudity or something like that. When you start promoting that stuff, it's because you have you are not being innovative anymore. That's the lazy way. Okay. So, but on, on top of that, you can everything around us shows us that people value ignorance and entertainment over knowledge and wisdom. If you look across the board on every platform, what will you see? You'll see that the things that distract people from the harsh realities of life are more pursued than tips on how to navigate life better there are statistics that prove this, that people would rather be distracted by something than figure out how to live life better. And so, yes, our culture today puts ignorance on the throne. The vulgarity is a lack of creativity, okay? Another thing as a side note that I've observed that's very absurd is that on one end of the world, we have people who are dying from obesity and on the other end of the world, we have people dying of starvation. Now, in every era, there has always been rich and poor. In every era to come, there will always be rich and poor. But in this particular era, what's interesting is you have people, you always have people dying of starvation, always, but you have not seen people at the same time dying of obesity and at the same time dying of starvation. And so that's just a very unique thing that I saw about our generation. There's many. Let's put it this way. There's many, many things about today's generation that are is the same as previous generations. There's only a few things that are different. This is something that is different. Um, one thing I want to point out is that as much as people believe that this generation is worse than the others, it's not necessarily. Let me put it this way. Um, We are as cruel and as promiscuous as we've always been, okay, the only difference is societal views change. So it's not necessarily that um, humans are worse now, it's just that views have changed now. Does that make sense? Okay, so um, um, let me find a better way to explain this. let's say you always let's say you have a person in your life uh, let's say it's your aunt your aunt um your aunt jan janet your aunt janet has always had anger issues let's say okay um but over time janet is now to a point where she has absolutely no filter and no couth. Whereas in the past, she she practiced more couth and more restraint. The same, she's always been the same person except for she had more inhibition in the past where as today she doesn't have that same inhibition level. In the same way, the human race has always been cruel The human race has always been promiscuous and sexually deviant, okay? The issue is now people look at it differently. And depending on what culture you're in will dictate what is perceived as right or wrong too far or okay. So no, this is not the worst generation. The same thing The same things that's happening now have always happened okay here's another thing that i've observed from this generation we applaud science for all that it does and science is great i'm a big science enthusiast i love neuroscience specifically and um that's a, that's a very high interest in my life. But we applaud science for all that it does, but as much as people would like to believe that science and education are all that's necessary in order for a society to be great, um, science has not made people better. Science has enlightened people. Science has helped to heal people. It has not helped people to be more moral or more kind to one another. You see, some people like to put science here and morality here because things in science you can measure, but you cannot measure character. However, character is a very important uh, virtue that should be highly valued. Just because you cannot measure something scientifically does not mean that it has no value. And in fact, it is not science that has kept us as uh, civil towards each other as possible. It has been morality or people's sense of morality that has made us a better society. Science is like a tool, it's like technology. It creates things and concepts. It solves problems. It does not solve a moral problem. So as much as science can evolve, it can never evolve to a point where it makes people act better. Technology cannot make people act better. Science cannot make people act better. Any type of discovery cannot make people kinder it can only help us in aiding us in doing certain things that should be easy to understand and finally on this point as much as we have evolved even with science and everything that we have um we are one catastrophe away from savagery savagery You've watched the show Walking Dead or you've heard of it. In the show, it's easy to see that one catastrophic event made people turn back to their barbaric ways. This is art imitating life because on some subconscious level, we all know if we were to lose all of this science and all of this technology all at once or most of it, you know, our our ability to use it, we would revert back to the same barbaric types of ways and things that we did um in order to survive. We will go back into caveman mode where it was okay to to not be civil and not be nice and not be kind because everybody was in survival mode, right? Okay, that's right, piece to the puzzle, he said. Uh, Took a while for psychology to be accepted as science, but morale is still unmeasurable, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Don't believe that we are so evolved that we are beyond savagery, like that's a thing in the past. Wars today are an example that we are not as evolved as we might think that we are. The things that we use, the technology that we, we use, that we utilize is more advanced than we are. The things that we have created and these things, you know, all of these concepts that we, and these discoveries we've made, and the science and all of this stuff, That, we've done more in that than we have to change the original prototype of a a human behavior. And and if you don't believe me, all you have to do is read. See, this is what I, I, I invite everyone. Read, read. And that's the thing you don't want to do. There's a lot of people who have opinions, but one thing they won't do is they won't match you in the research. Read the history books, listen to the historians. And what it tells you is that human beings have a nature and that we do the same thing over and over again. We have different names, but similar circumstances or different circumstances, we always react the same way. And that is a fact. Now, moving on, if you are now just joining us, We're talking about the lawlessness of mankind. And this is a three-part series. Today, I'm wrapping it up. This is the third part. We talked about God, we talked about sin, we talked about morality, we talked about religion. How does all of this come into play? And what does it have to do with our role? What are we supposed to do? What could we do? What does it even matter if everything is gonna stay the same and I'm going to give the answer at the end. Okay, so let's talk about what history has taught us overall about mankind and life on Earth. And if you're just watching and you're not and you're not familiar with me, this is LeBo's Life Lessons. You can go on Anchor Spotify, Apple Podcasts to see the previous episodes and, and all of that if you like that. Okay. All right. Here's some, I'm about to spit some facts, and none of you can debate me on this stuff, okay? And if you want to debate me, you can try, but I promise you I will win, because I always do. All right, this is not in a particular order, okay? These are just notes. All of us are born savages, okay? But our access to rich heritage of knowledge and wisdom are what keep us from behaving like our primitive ancestors. There is no babies that are born better than the babies that were born 2,000 years ago. Okay, There are certain uh, little changes in our inhibitions and things like that. However, That evolution has not changed the general nature of human beings. We can all agree to this. The difference is that the babies born now are born into more heritage. They're born into a school that will teach them about all of the past, here's science, here's technology, here's all of this information and wisdom that they didn't have in the past. And that is the only reason why we know more than what they do, but even in knowing more does not keep us, that's right, it does not keep us from doing the wrong thing, okay? The more a a people has, the more people has leisure is the more philosophy they will have. This is something else that we can observe from watching human beings, if you look at the cultures or the indigenous cultures that are still in survival mode, that don't have history books, they don't keep things, they keep their culture, but it's passed down orally, most uh, primarily, and um, they're not traditionally educated, whatever that is, um, but let's just say by their in their own country, they're still in survival mode. So what they're doing is living day to day, trying to survive those people will have less philosophy and less proverbs for instance, than the people who like the Greeks who had lots of time to sit around and look at the stars and create beautiful words and anecdotes and maxims that we still listen to today, okay? So this is just something to be observed from reading, looking at history. Now, in that same vein, the poor people have or poor countries have failed to de- really develop their philosophy, not because they're not as smart, either. Um, not because they're not as smart, but it's because they are still in survival. Okay, and this is the reason why, even in the Christian Church, universally, every Christian denomination focuses their message on the poor. Because these people have less reason to have hope. Do you get what I mean? There will always be rich and poor, and the poor people will always ask or always wonder, why. what is the point of living if if I'm just going to suffer? And this is the reason why these people need hope. They need inspiration. They need to have a hope in the future. They need to have a hope in the present. And they need to have a reason to move on and to keep going, okay? Now, speaking on the poor, this is something that you can observe. Regardless of the ethnicity, religion, or whatever, a baby is always viewed as a threat to the quality and quantity of life for a poor family. That's something we all can see. A baby in a poor family that is being born is not necessarily looked at as a blessing all of the time. Uh, Most of the time they're looked at as a burden and treated as such. I was watching somebody the other day and it was another psychologist and he was talking about how some people have been raised as pets and not as children. And when I, when, you say, when you hear that, you think it's so like bizarre. What do you mean that children, some people are raised as pets and not as people? And what he's saying is that there's people whose parents felt like they only need to provide the bare minimum, food, clothing, shelter, anything other than that they didn't provide. And this is how they raise their child like a pet because that child was just seen as a burden, unfortunately. And a lot of uh, people, and I'm gonna say a lot of black people have been raised like that. Um, A lot of people can identify with just being given the bare minimum across all ethnicities, but it's it's something that happens in poor families. And the reason why is because it's easier to create children than it is to provide for them, okay? because people give birth so rapidly, even education cannot effectively meet the need of the demand of effectiveness. So what I mean is because there's so many people, especially in poor communities, poorer communities, that's starting to change a little bit now in terms of America. I don't have the stats on other countries, but because people give birth so rapidly, E, as much education as we have, it cannot, like, we cannot teach, our public school system cannot teach effectively because there's too many kids. Smaller classrooms is the key. And when you look at private schools, they always have smaller classrooms. Private schools, they'll have five kids in a class, and that's the class because they believe in that one-on-one. And so many people are against homeschooling, not realizing the homeschool child is like a child receiving a private school education because they're getting individual individual attention. And then those kids who don't get the individual attention in school, they go home and they get no attention. So it's a vicious cycle, okay? Now thinking about how, how the birth rate is is out of control. Viruses, war, sicknesses is kind of nature's way of preserving the human race as a whole. Now stay with me on this because I know it's a little bit bizarre, but what, what you can see is when there is an excess of parentage in the world, it gets nullified by sickness and disease. People get, there's viruses and people get wiped out, a whole bunch of people get wiped out. But the thing is that's because if all the people, there were no such things, there would not be enough food to feed everyone in the whole wide world. There would be massive, massive starvation and massive issues across the board. Crime would increase, lots of different things. So. Unfortunately, you see a lot of disasters happening in different places and viruses and sicknesses, but even though those things are tragedies, um, the reality is based on history and based on statistics is, is, is that if those things didn't exist, unfortunately, there would be threat to the entire world, okay? And I'm not saying that it's good, it's just an unfortunate situation. War, generally solves no problem. The only thing it does is replaces one ruler with another ruler. And that next ruler isn't necessarily better. Okay, we can all observe that. Now, when you think about war, you think about people who are considered to be heroes, right? You think about just life in terms of what makes a person a hero or not. It's not that the person is a hero. The situation creates a hero. This is something that we can learn from history. This is the reason why you cannot be afraid of turmoil and disaster and tragedy. These are the circumstances that have a hero step forward. Without the the need of a hero, there are no heroes. Every hero that you look at over history is called a creole, a, a hero uh, because of them overcoming some major problem, some major issue. Okay, I'm not here to answer those types of questions today. I'm focusing. I have a whole lesson that I've been that I planned like a month ago. So we're gonna stay on topic. I'm talking to the people on TikTok. Okay. If you have a question, you can inbox me. If it's not related to this issue, then we're going to have to talk about it another time, okay? Let's stay on topic because everybody has a platform that they can go, just like right now, I'm talking about what I wanna talk about on my platform, everybody else can do the same thing. And that's that's one of the issues that I do see too when it comes to speaking out on different things. Everybody wants you to speak on something that's close to their heart instead of stepping up and speaking on it themselves and promoting that themselves. So situations produce heroes, okay? Not the other way around, right? Regardless of what your definition of a hero is, a hero is a person who steps up to a problem. That's what a hero is. We cannot blame what's wrong in the economy on the rich. That's another thing that you learn from history. The issues that we have with poverty is an issue that is very systemic. And it has to do with a lack of development and family dynamic. It has to do with the breakdown in the communities, but there will always be rich or poor, no matter what. There will always be rich or poor. There always have been from the beginning. But what I've seen is that no matter what you do to the rich, poor people will still exist for many different reasons. So we can tax the rich all we want to. We can try and we can do it. It's not going to cure poverty ever. Okay. Now, in terms of the poor, one of, one of the reasons why poverty is so rampant, especially in certain areas, is because obviously a lack of education, whatever that is for that community. And until education, and everybody has equal access to that education, we will never be able to catch up to one another. And that's the thing, that's the reason poverty and rich will always exist. See, what we call poverty today, Yesterday was called rich. Do you get what I mean? What I call poverty was rich back in the day. What we call poverty in America is rich somewhere else. It's all relative, right, to the community or the current society. Okay? So with that being said, we can never, we can never catch up unless the the education is level, And even if you level the education, like I said, it's systemic, poverty is systemic. There's mental health issues that come into play. Some other uh, inequality that comes into play. So with that being said, there will always be rich and poor. History that was written isn't the same as history that is lived, and I have a point for saying this, we only document the extraordinary and not what is ordinary, okay? So what I mean by that is, a lot of people who think it would be better to have lived in the past in some other era are thinking, wow, look at all the history from this era, look at all the great people that lived and all the great things that existed then what our ancestors did was they wrote down the exceptional things the great things that happened in their era that's what they documented the same way that we document the extraordinary people and the great things that have happened in our his our time now okay so what that means is that there will be people in the future that will look back on our time and say oh i wish i would have lived during this time it's so much better than now But that's because we are only showing our best selves. It's kind of like, let's say, for instance, this is an easy way to explain it. You know your whole family history, right? Whole family history. Now, just imagine if somebody was judging your family based on your Facebook post. Your Facebook posts talk about your vacations, your marriages, your job offers, your business, your everything great. Oh, look what we're doing here. Look at what we're doing there. You're only posting your best, right? You're not posting when you put toast in the toaster. You're not documenting where you walk the dog or when you fail because you did something stupid most of the time. So the problem is that we cannot base an era based on only the greatness that was shown about that era, because we are completely wrong. The people who lived in that history know the history better than the remnants of the greatness that we see today. So when you actually look back on the people who have record of living them, yes, they lived during the same time as so-and-so and this person, this great person, but they could tell you what it was really like to live in that time, and that's what we have to keep in mind. When it comes to greatness, there is one thing that can be easily observed about all human um, civilizations, all civilizations, okay? Okay. The person who manages or the people who manage the money are the people who manage the world. There is a saying that goes, some men manage things, some men manage men, other men manage money. The men who manage money manage the world. And now look at it, look at our time now you can easily see that those who are experts on finance are the people who get to make the decisions. They get to make the decisions at the bigger companies. Those companies lead the industries and they lead um, the markets, okay? When you look at leaders, over history, what makes a leader stand out? What makes somebody rememberable, remarkable? Somebody that we're gonna write down in the history books, okay, or not just write down in the history books, but actually talk about into the future. And one thing I've observed is based on what that person produced or what that person destroyed, The problem they fixed or the problem they created. This is what people are remembered for. So if you are the type of person that is trying to make an impact, you've got to create something. Even if you're creating an open door. Open doors, that's the creation of something. It doesn't have to be technology. It it doesn't have to be Any of those things that you think are important, it could just be an open door, create an open door, an answer to a problem, right? Okay. So that's how leaders are judged. Now, (laughs) this is something that might challenge you, okay? Every civilization dies, okay? Every civilization dies. Think about Babylon, think about the Roman Empire. All of these were notable, huge. The the Egyptian empires, notable, huge um, impact. No one, believe me, no one in their time saw an end to it, ever, they did not see it coming to an end, okay? But every civilization dies. One day, our civilization will die as well. One day, there will be no America. And I'm going to tell you why. Look at the past, okay? Think about who was here before the Americans. That civilization died, and we see that as sad, correct? And I'm sure, and those people saw that as sad. But then look at all the people who see America as their saving grace. Now think of this, old civilizations had to die in order for America to be born. Shouldn't the next nation have their turn? If there's a greater future Shouldn't the next nation have their turn? This is not going to be, things are gonna change, okay? Because one thing I love to read about is Louisiana history because that's where I'm from. And I look at all the colonies and how the colonies felt whenever America took over the French colonies and all the things that changed and they did not like that. It 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 shook things up for them, but they adapted to it. And a lot of things they had to adapt to weren't right. Um, But over time, that phased out. So maybe when America's civilization dies or changes, let's say goes through a transition and we have eventually a new rule, we, we may not even be here. It may not be good at first, but it may phase out a little bit in the future. Now, in the last session, I talked about the difference between a civilization and a community. A civilization is a group of people who have decided to tolerate each other and they have decided to adhere to certain rules together and observe these rules. But a community is a step above a civilization because these people have decided to be a family and to operate as a unit, and in order to uh, be proactive about the future and make better things happen. So this is what a community is, okay? But when a community starts to break down, what is the reason for that? The reason is because not everybody is following the family dynamic of a community, which means to cooperate. So when you see that people in the community start to violate or or move in violation against the community standards, and they start disrespecting each other, then the community starts to break down. They're starting to operate not like a family, and then that community falls apart. Where I came from in New Orleans, especially in the Lower Knight Ward, very very strong community that people looked out for each other it was that you know classic takes a village to raise a child type of community and people really really were invested in the next generation and they passed that torch to us and everybody that i know that comes out of there is so much about building up the next generation And that's right when somebody said when morals don't match up with social ethics that's right so you start to break that they start to break that community down now here's the thing about communities everybody and this is the reason why everybody seeks community everybody is seeking a family okay a family that he had or a family that he never had okay when people search out a community, whether it's in a church or a neighborhood or some type of group, they're looking for a family dynamic, something that's missing in his life, in order to get those family needs met. And when people find that, they find security. And when you find security, that's what the community is. Family and community is about people getting their needs met and feeling secure. And this is the reason why we all pursue that as a human race. Now, as much as we don't like it, and as much as the the trouble that it causes, competition births excellence. That is something that I've seen through reading history books, because When there's competition, people sharpen themselves and they go harder. This is the function of capitalism. Like I said, certain things about it has downsides Downsides to it. But literally this studio that I'm in right now would not exist without competition. So there's a difference between healthy and unhealthy competition in this world. And thinking about those different empires. Now, we have empires that were created based on lineage, and then there's caste systems, and then there's uh, elected officials, etc. Whenever there's a monarchy, I find that it hurts the community that it serves. Okay. Um. How can I put it? Every every society or civilization has to choose a successor, right? Whether this is a a monarchy or whether it's a democracy or dictatorship, a successor has to be chosen, right? The problem with monarchy and things being in the family is that it creates nepotism. And when you choose somebody just because they're related to you and you choose them to lead just because that is your child or whatever that puts the empire in a bad state because you don't know how that person is going to lead and i've seen gen- like in books i've seen generation of kings and then what, what the son did and then that son and that son and that son you never know what's really going to happen The best choice is a democracy because you're choosing people based on their receipts in their capabilities and not based on nepotism. The reason, the only reason why we are better going back to what makes us better off, let's say better, but not better off, but not better than our ancestors is the fact that because of what they did, we have something That tells us what to do and what not to do. Without those people, we would not be where we are. And so there has to be a respect for those people who took the time to write down their knowledge and wisdom and to contribute something to us so that we could have something better. Okay, I respect that. Now, we're getting to the part where I'm gonna talk about what's the, what's the whole point of this, okay? Reading all about these historical events and all of these leaders has taught me that human beings will basically be the same. Um, but what can we do that will even make a difference? And this is what we can do. We are in charge of putting meaning into our lives. Everybody that is born has a life, which is an opportunity to give it meaning or to just live in survival mode and live for yourself. When you look back over time and you realize that human beings haven't changed, but because people left something behind, we have something better you have to realize that the best thing you can do in life is leave something behind. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about an actual legacy, okay? Life is going to be a compilation of things we deserve and a compilation of things we do not deserve. No matter who you are, rich or poor, black or white, young or old, Born in, in the 1900s versus the 2000s, it doesn't matter. You're going to get what you deserve and you're going to get what you don't deserve. Good and bad on both sides. Okay. And when you look at all the things that we pursue, the achievements and all the accolades and the fame, it's all the same. The same thing that you want today is what your ancestors wanted. They wanted financial security. They wanted somebody to love them. They wanted a family. They wanted a good reputation and they wanted wealth. That's what most people want. So the achievements are always the same, okay? Power, fame, wealth, influence, that's all the same. So should you be going after that in life? For me personally, and based on what I've learned, I don't think that's enough to give your life meaning. To just pursue those things doesn't make anybody stand out because that's what everybody wants, okay? When you look over the past, even though there was things that were left for us to learn from, there's not enough. There's not enough for us to accurately assess everything that we should have done right or wrong or we should be doing right or wrong now, okay? There's not enough people leaving behind a legacy. That is the point I'm trying to get to, okay? When you look at all of those things, which I wanna say here, most people won't look at these things, okay? A wise man learns from other people's experiences. A foolish man doesn't even learn from his. There needs to be more people leaving behind a contribution. And when you look over time, you realize the only people that actually made a difference are people who took the time to leave something to contribute to the world. What are you going to contribute is the question. Some people are so caught up in being a liberal or a conservative or being this or that, your purpose is beyond those things. And the truth be told, we need people on both sides. We need opposing views. We need people to have different ways of looking at things, okay? Both of those sides help and harm, okay? But the point of life is to leave something behind. Now, how does this relate to women? How does this relate to women? The way that it relates is, after all of my research, I realized that the technology we achieve is is good in some ways, is bad. Like, you know, the the same technology that creates this microphone can also create weapons of mass destruction. We can make science good and bad. It's just like water or fire. It heals and it harms, okay? So I don't believe technology and science is always going to be the best thing to contribute to society. I think it's very necessary and it should be, honestly. But I don't think it's the only thing that's necessary to leave behind or the greatest thing necessary. Or that it gives your life complete meaning what gives more meaning and adds more value is helping us be better uses. it's about us being better people because of all the things that we have created we are still broken there there's nothing that fixed us right so it's important that we leave who are we leaving it behind we're leaving it behind for the people who need it the books that I read right? for instance um, some of these people have been dead hundreds of years, thousands even okay because I read lots of old old books Um, these people have been long gone but the point is they left something if somebody needed it okay This is what it's for. It's a building block. Every book that you read is a building block that you can build upon. When you read books and when you if let's say, for instance, if if you became a doctor, if you became a doctor and you can only become a doctor by learning from the previous doctors who left something behind. Because of their knowledge and wisdom as a foundation, you can go a step above them and beyond what they did. Whatever your industry is, wherever you are, leave something behind that adds to the value. You gleaned from the things that other people left behind and it promoted you in life. It promoted you in life. So the point is, why won't, why aren't more people focused on leaving something that promotes others in life after they're gone? That's how you make an impact. When your words live on for decades and decades, that makes an impact. This is the reason why I believe in writing books. A book can help somebody when you're sleeping, when you're dead. It helps somebody have a breakthrough. How much bigger can that be? Do you get what I mean? And so, for instance, this podcast that I created, I have people who listen to me. It's only a select few. I'm going. I actually was thinking about the statistics. I'm going to have the statistics um, next time. It's only a select few people. I actually didn't even create this podcast for anybody. Every podcast that I do is a book. This, the lessons, the lawlessness of of mankind, the series is going to be a book. I create a legacy for my family. I believe in principles in living by principles. I believe in sharing wisdom. I believe in teaching children from youth to adulthood about the principles of life, wisdom, wisdom, morality, choices, being a great decision maker, being a moral decision maker. I've written 12 books. I don't do this because I want likes. I do this because I'm writing a book or books that my grandchildren will read and my great grandchildren will read. And if other people benefit from it, that's great. But I'm focused on leaving a legacy. So if I, if I don't ever become a millionaire, if I don't ever become famous or well-known, as long as I left a contribution behind me that people can build upon, that's all I care about. I will have added meaning to my life. I would have given my life meaning. So this is what it's all about for me. Every word that I'm saying is going in a book. I write books so that when in the future 20 years from now, when my child doesn't wanna call me about a problem, they can read my book. I'm using this so that they could give it to their children. And that is what we can do to impact society. What history has taught us is that women specifically are usually in the role where they are developing the next generation. They develop them as mothers and also as teachers. We have given women this role. Women are a symbol of morality in the human race. So the point is, though you women, many of you feel less than or feel that you are treated less than or looked down upon, your role in passing down the heritage of your family and also the heritage of morality and right or wrong is the reason why we exist as a civilization. Civilization and community is all about us living principled lives. And there is nobody that is more obsessed than pa- with passing down principles than women. And if you, you don't have to take my word from, for it, look at your mother and look at your grandmother. This is what they do. Women have a vital role in the human civilization and without them we would be barbaric we would still be caveman we would still be brutal we would still be wild because somebody has to teach the children from youth what is right or wrong what is this or that Don't do this, don't do that. This is what we believe. This is what the women or the mothers ensure. And that is a great contribution to leave the human race. So for those young women who are listening, regardless of whatever you decide to do with your life, take the wisdom that you've learned, add to it and pass the torch mentor someone. If you don't want to write a book, mentor someone. Give back. If you don't want to have children, that's fine. Mentor someone. Help other females because when you help females, you help the world. When you help women, you help the world. Okay? So that is all I have today. And next time, we're going to be talking about the principled woman. And we're going to talk about what it means to be a respectable woman, a woman who respects herself, who commands respect, and also who lives her life wisely. And is a great decision maker that is a logical and strategic decision maker, so that she can have her best life possible. All right, this has been Lebeau's lessons, Lebo's Life's Lessons, and you can go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor in order to see more. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys on TikTok for hanging out, and I will see you again soon.